What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, Thanksgiving is just over a week away, and that means we'll have plenty of time to talk about side dishes and dark meat versus white meat and all that stuff, but also trade deadlines. Trade deadlines are rapidly approaching. Very upset about our 2QB league where the trade deadline already passed when I had a trade pending. That was kind of... I guess it's my fault for not checking when the trade deadline was, but that's egregious very early, very early. Yeah, I have a couple leagues where I was actually thinking, I wish that I had moved the trade deadline back. We should have, that should have been something that we foresaw in August. We have an extra week of the regular season. We should move the trade deadline back a week. But even for it to be last week in a league, that's that's early even for a 17-game season. Or, sorry, schedule, 16 games, 17 Maybe that one never got moved from when it was 16 17, games. 17 weeks. Yeah, whatever. Um, all right. Anyway, I have a random thought to start the show, and then we're obviously going to go oh, into buy low, sell high, and and the trustometer. What, what Heath? What? What did I do? I, no, I said, oh, good. I'm looking <laughs> forward to hearing your random thought. Okay, here's Hi, my Dave. random thought. How are you doing today, Dave? Dave, what's up? Hi, Dave. Um, it's a nice track suit. All right, Thank yeah, you. yeah, looking good. All right, so my random thought is the full PPR, three wide receiver, and flex league, I'm anti. I'm against it. I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's almost all of our leagues are like that, almost all of my leagues, because that's just, that's what we do here. You know, it eliminates the difficult decisions. I'm sick of talking about these players that are really frustrating and that we want to make these cases to sit and then going, well, it's a three-receiver PPR league with a flex. You have to start them. Well, why? Why should that be? I think when you go three receivers and a flex and full PPR, which receivers are you going to sit, you know? So I think we should stop with that and change it, change it to two receivers and two flexes. So now at least you have the possibility of sitting a DJ Moore for a running back that you might have on your bench if you're loaded at running back or something like that. I just I'm getting frustrated with the format because it's it's almost like the advice that we give on these players it doesn't even matter because in that format you have to start them anyway. I, like there's been lots of players that have moved from starts in that format to sits like LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, Jarvis Landry. 
Um, You're talking about drops. I like that is probably the most common format. I assume Mm. I saw your Twitter poll. Yeah. I was surprised that many people said they had a league like that. I can't imagine there's another format you could be that specific about where 36% of people would say they play in a league like that. And I really probably should have put, so the Twitter poll, I want Dave to talk after this. The Twitter poll was, do you play in this specific fantasy format? Full PPR, one QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end flex. 32% yes, 68% no. But really, I sh- some of the no's are 2QB, and that doesn't really change this either. So it, maybe it's more like 35, 36% of the respondents would have said yes, um, because, you know, the 2QB doesn't change this discussion. But Dave, I don't know. It's like, I want to make some tough decisions. Benching Jarvis Landry, that's not a tough decision. Benching DJ Moore is a tough decision. I want to make those tough decisions, and I'd rather play with two flexes anyway. So I think we should, I don't know. I think we should get away from this format. Counterpoint. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Tough decisions should be left for real life, <laughs> not for fantasy football. Come on. I'd you like don't, you just, don't believe that. I, look, you're. I think you're going to make tough decisions in fantasy no matter what your lineup restrictions are. If, I lineup think if you had better players, players, you might have tougher decisions. No, there, you wouldn't have in a three-receiver full PPR plus flex False. league. You wouldn't have that many receivers where you'd have tough decisions. With. I was expecting a different response from Dave, so I'm going to give it for him. Next year, <laughs> don't be such a wimp and weasel out of our auction league because that is half PPR, two wide receivers, and two flexes. The exact type That's of format perfect. you'd like to play. That is great. Yeah. All right, I'll think about okay. it. I'm in I'm in a 12 team keeper league where we still don't use PPR. It's been going since 1997. We start two running backs, two wide receivers and one tight end. I am in a 14 team analyst league, two of them where we have to start two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end and three flexes. Yep. In both leagues, there are tough decisions to make. One of them I've got to decide between, you know, which which of these receivers to start between CD Lamb and like really good Tyree Kill is one of my receivers. We have great receivers in the keeper league, and then in the in the expert league where there's three flexes and three wide receivers, well, Jamison Crowder is a must start receiver for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess- there 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 are all kinds of you know the, the the decisions that you're looking to make. You want to be challenged, Adam. You want to make some interesting decisions and have to put your butt on the line with these decisions for your fantasy team. You're gonna have to make decisions like that pretty much every single league that you're in. Yeah, unless you're in some sort of like, you know, sixteen Mickey Mouse league where you start one of each, and then you don't have any tough decisions to make necessarily. You'll you'll have decisions. No, you will. Make. Look, I get it. There's always, always also. Are you in the decisions. magazine league? Yeah. Well, that one's a half PPR league. It's not the same format. It's the three receiver plus flex thing, but but yeah, you're right. Um, well, sort of right. All right, you know what? Look, I said my piece. I just think that I think so many times this year, and I'm not criticizing the analysis because it's true. So many times this year we've said, well, you know, he's struggling this and that, but you're starting him anyway. It's a three receiver, that we, you know, and I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to start DJ Moore a- anymore. But I don't. We I, do the same thing. The reason we do that is because there's so many more wide receivers than running backs. We do the same thing with running backs as RB twos. Not this week, because yeah. this week running back feels okay. But a lot of weeks, the guys ranked between 19 and 24 
half of them have been awful, but they're going to get 15 touches. You got to start two running backs. We're going to start them anyway. Or tight end. Well, he's a tight end. I know he's only had four catches in the last three weeks, but he might score a touchdown. So now this is tight end. This is different. This is different. The same thing. No no matter what. This is different. I'm right. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Listen to the fantasy football today. DFS podcast. I don't host that one, so you don't have to listen to this nonsense. Frank Stanfield, Sian Ajad, Mike McClure. These are experts in the field. You're going to win some money. You're going to get great advice twice a week. The Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. And Sunday, it's week 11 of the NFL on CBS. There are plenty of games with playoff implications, including Lamar Jackson leading the Ravens against the Bears and the Bengals battling the Raiders. We're going to get you ready for all of the day's action at noon Eastern with JB and the guys on the NFL Today. That's all this Sunday. On CBS. Now today, Frank Stample, who is currently in the top 10 in the Scott Fishbowl overall leaderboard. Ooh. He has built himself a juggernaut. And by the way, the number one team, FFT alum Ben Gretsch. I was going to ask. And in the top 175, some fat vampire wearing a brown track jacket. What about me? Am I in there? Uh, I don't. Are you even playing in the Fishbowl? What do you, Yes. Come on, of course no, you're I'm, not in the top. I don't think you're in the top. I'm actually good. I, I, I thought this was one of my worst teams. It's actually it's actually solid. What, how many? Um, what place are you in overall? Or no, I, in your division. I want to say I'm in third. Okay. The, the, the best the, you can tell us pretty close to where you're at in the standings by how many points you scored because we know Dave's at 175. Or whatever, and he we know we can figure out how many points he's scored. I'll tell you how many points I've scored. I don't believe I'm in the top oh, of anything. I have scored one thousand five hundred and eighty nine points. Yeah, you're not in the top, which is third three. most in my league. Our league yeah. is a defensive. You're probably in the top you can be your third in your league and just change subjects, but yeah, it's not third overall. Yeah, in Frank my league, is I'm, literally I'm f- like seventh or eighth overall. That's yeah, that's amazing. All right, sorry, I didn't Frank. know about us. So today on the show, we're doing the, the trustometer. We're going to talk about players if we trust them rest of season. And that's going to really be a trade segment, you know. And But before we do that, I think, Dave, you might have some other buy lows and sell highs you want to mention that aren't going to be on this list. If you do, please fire away. I have no idea if these names are on your list or not, but two quarterbacks that I would consider buying low on right now are Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. Neither of whom you might be able to use in week 11, but you've got to think long-term with them. And if you're on a team that's 5-5 five and five or better, but you've been streaming quarterbacks, these are two guys that you can try and grab, especially if the team that's been struggling with Kyler Murray on the bench is also 5-5 five and five or 4-6 four and six or 3-7. and seven. You should be able to procure him from them in exchange for a couple of players that can help their team win now. There's two types of fantasy, and we should preface the buy lows and sell highs with this. There are two types of fantasy teams right now. There are the teams that have visions on making it to the fantasy playoffs. They're feeling good about their squad, and they might need to make one or two moves, maybe consolidate their whole roster so that they've got their lineup set ready for the big playoff push. And then there's the teams that are trying to get into the playoffs, and they'll do whatever it takes, and they're in win-right-now mode. They can't afford to have that seventh loss. Once you get to seven losses this year, it's going to be tough to make the playoffs in your league. I think it's eight. It's the only thing I, I agree with everything Dave said, especially the part about Kyler Murray. But I think I think it's eight this year. I think a lot of teams are going to make it at seven and seven. You might make it at seven and seven with tiebreaker help. But if you want to be sure that you're in, don't lose seven games. 
All right, so Kyler Murray was not on the trust meter, but he could have been. And Stafford was only started, I don't know what to make of this. He was only started in 77% of leagues on Monday, which really shocked me. And I don't I, know if that was a Robert Woods reaction or, or what. And then obviously he had a dud, so people were I wonder right. what his high, what's his highest start rate this season? Oh, he's had weeks where he's been he's in the 90s. 90 plus weeks. Yeah. Because he was drafted as a second quarterback in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, I can I can try to find out for you, but no, he there were definitely weeks where he was almost universally started. He was coming off a bad game. He lost Robert Woods. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the thought was there, but uh, okay. So you guys, so Dave, obviously have faith in Stafford. We'll get into him later. How about sell highs, or did you want to do more buy lows? I mean, I've got three more buy lows. You can pick one if you want to talk about them. But Daryl Henderson, off the miserable couple of games that he's had, I figure the Rams have to start getting back to running the football. And he played over 70% of the snaps in Week 10. So I don't think they're trying to get away from him and give more work to Sonny Michel. I think they realize that they're going to have to run the football on top of throwing it. They can't just have Stafford throw it 50 times a game. Michael Pittman had a bad game. Anytime a player like that has a bad game, uh, I, I like the idea of trying to buy low on him cheap. I imagine that it's going to eventually hurt T.Y. Hilton that he's playing with Michael Pittman because Pittman is the number one guy in Indianapolis. And T.J. Hawkinson, one target, no catches. How many more times are we going to see that from him? So if you're streaming tight ends and you don't like what you've got tight end and you want somebody who should be a good enough starter at minimum rest of season, Hawkinson is someone you can trade for cheaply right now. I want to go back to Kyler Murray. Is this a fair trade offer to a 4-6 mm -hmm. and six team who has sure. Kyler Murray? Dak Prescott for Kyler Murray and Miles Sanders? Yes. I think you're asking for a little too much. I think that it's was fair, my computer. but if Dave says a little too much, I think it's fair. That means it's I, probably, I, you know, I, in the I, range would not, of fair. I would not take Kyler Murray for Dak and Sanders, knowing that Sanders could be back really soon. No, it's Kyler and Sanders for Dak. Oh, Kyler and Sanders for Dak? No, I still wouldn't do that. Either. That's too much to give for Dak. It's not even. Okay. Um, but uh, I think it's important also, and the yeah, trade really chart want is awesome and very important. You can't worry so much about getting equal value if you're four and six and you have four players who aren't going to play this week. Right. Like, you have to win this week. It doesn't matter if you lose the trade if your season's over after this week. Right, but you're trading Kyler Murray and Miles Sanders, neither of whom are guaranteed to play this week. That's we the reason you're trading them away. Team. The four and six team has Kyler and Sanders to get Dak. Okay, so that's overpaying for Dak Prescott, but I get your point. All right, I want to talk about two of the guys that you just said, Michael Pittman and Hawkinson, because I hate their schedules. And Hawkinson, he has Cleveland this week, and they're 22nd against tight ends. They give up a lot of touchdowns, but they don't give up a lot of yards. And... Hawkinson doesn't score touchdowns. Then they have Chicago. They are fourth against tight ends. Then they have Minnesota. They're fifth. They haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet. Then they have Denver. They're third. They haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet. Then they have Arizona. They're first. And they've only played one good tight end, and that's George Kittle, and he crushed them for 100 yards and a touchdown. So um, I think... So, so they have Cleveland, and then their next four opponents... Detroit's next, TJ Hawkinson's next four opponents after Cleveland are top five against tight ends. And three of them have given up a combined one touchdown to tight ends. 
I don't necessarily care, but I did want to bring that up and see, you know, do you care about that? Because it is obviously hard to figure out who's really good against tight ends. Arizona, perfect example. They're number one right now, and they might not even be good at all because they've only played one good tight end. It was Kittle, and he crushed them. Um, but there's that for Hawkinson and Pittman, what you can do separately. But uh, Dave, does that make you pump the brakes on calling him a buy low? He's a buy low because of what he's been doing. The schedule moving forward definitely sucks, but this is why you're not going to give up that much for him. You're not going to give up Tyler Lockett for TJ Hawkinson. You're not going to give up, in a PPR league, you're not going to give up Hunter Renfro for TJ Hawkinson. All right, you so can, then you then you can't really feel you're that. You're trying to get him for scraps on your bench. All right. I, the one I have a question about is Michael Pittman if T.Y. Hilton plays the rest of the games this season. Right. So, Do you really think, though, that like that Pittman's target volume is going to crater just because Hilton's there? Like no. Eventually, Indianapolis is going to say, and, and there's going to be games where they it won't go like the Jacksonville game, where they're going to have to throw 30-some-odd-plus times. I don't know how many times Wentz threw against Jacksonville, but I, I think Pittman's still going to be the number one receiver there. I, I 100% think Pittman's going to be the number one receiver. It's, I think it's the difference. I'm trying to get the numbers now. I believe he's around a 26% target share in the games that Hilton has not played. Maybe 20 when Hilton has played, he's got to be way lower. I right, And so if it's a difference between 25 and 20, I do think if he's a 20% target share in that offense, then he's just a number three wide receiver. And, and that's what you should try and pay to get him. Well, yeah, okay. But, you know, it's in, he does have a bad schedule beginning this week with Buffalo. Oh, wow. Wentz threw 34 times. I, I knew he only had 180 yards, and I knew he didn't score, but 34 times, that's a lot. Pittman is really doing a lot with his targets, though. you got to give him credit for that. And, Agreed. Yeah, 50% hold on. share last Sunday. All right, so let me just get to the schedule here, because Buffalo is number one against wide receivers. Tampa Bay, I don't really know what to make of them. They've gone... S- Five or six games in a row without giving up more than 70 yards to a wide receiver. They've gone four or five games in a row without giving up more than 60 yards to a receiver. Mostly playing bad receivers, but also Terry McLaurin last week. Uh, Devontae Smith was in there. Darnell Mooney was in there for what that's worth. Uh, but they've been much better. And then Houston, that's fine. A bye. And, but the, the playoffs are New England, Arizona, and Las Vegas for Pittman. I don't know how you feel about those. Now, New England, obviously, we know they're very good. Arizona, they have this tendency to be great against number ones and give up points to the others. They gave up a touchdown to Robbie Anderson last week. And Las Vegas is fifth against wide receivers. That one, I mean, I never really bought it, but it just kept happening until last week. Uh, And they always collapse second half, so it wouldn't shock me if that was easy. But anyway, does Pittman's schedule scare you? A little bit, but not enough to make me not want to acquire him and think of him as someone who can be a number three receiver with the chance to finish the year as a number two. I just don't know how you get Michael Pittman for number three receiver value. It's, you know, he's been so good. Because he's coming off of a, a crummy game. He's not really. I mean, five for 71. back and his target share is going down. All right. The bet is that his target share rebounds even with Hilton playing. He also or Hilton gets hurt and Pittman's back up to where he was. Pittman has the most yards of any wide receiver against the Rams this year. He has the second most yards of any wide receiver against the Ravens. 
And then he has the fourth most yards of any wide receiver against one other tough matchup. Was it San Francisco, I think? And the others that were ahead of him were like Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and one other guy. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, so, he's performed pretty well in tough matchups. So it really does matter whether you determine you call week eight a game that T.Y. Hilton played or not. Because if you just look at week six and ten when Hilton didn't leave early, Pittman's got a 15% target share in those two games. Right. But and that's what he, he, he saw like 11 targets or something in week eight. No, five, but they didn't throw any passes. So I don't remember. But he had a huge target share in week eight, so it's pretty normal. All right, so would you rather have uh, Pittman or Lockett? Lockett. Heath, you there? Yeah, I thought I said Lockett. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Pittman or uh, Devontae Smith? Uh, really? I will take Pittman. Pittman, okay. So, Heath, Smith or Lockett? Lockett. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, as sure as I am about anything over the next month. <laughs> I offered Heath uh, my Devontae Smith for his Tyler Lockett. He's not going to accept it. Okay, so then why don't we talk about sell highs, Dave? Who you got? Well, the first sell high seems like a pretty obvious one. It's A.J. Dillon. And it, it comes down to, do you need A.J. Dillon? Are you one of those teams that's four and six and you're doing everything you can to win now? If you're one of those teams and you have A.J. Dillon, uh, you just got an extra booster strapped to your back and you're rocketing toward the playoffs. So you don't necessarily want to give them up then unless someone's willing to give you a ton for them because there is a lot of hype out there about A.J. Dillon. And so if you can cash in on that hype, and get a top 12 receiver, a top five quarterback, a top four tight end. Uh, you, you pair Dylan with another player to improve at running back, someone that can help you the rest of the season. Maybe you turn A.J. Dillon into David Montgomery. I, I would make a move like that, but I don't I don't think he's necessarily a strict sell high, get him off your team for whatever you can. It's more like if, if you can cash in, now's the time to take your chips to the cashier. Okay. And you want to just fire off a few more names? Or you want to, or should we move on to a new segment? Because like we got plenty of names. Up to you. Uh, the other names that I would give you are Keenan Allen because his just again same thing. His value is just sky high, but you shouldn't just trade him away. And then Higby, if you Higby's one where you should just try and get whatever you can because you can't start him this week. You'll never feel comfortable starting him again. He's coming off a game where he scored a touchdown after like four straight games without a touchdown. So. If, if you can find a team that's desperate at tight end, you might be able to trade Higby and another player for one player. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner, from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. 
Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. So let's take a look at our news and notes now. Eli Mitchell has a fractured finger. So Jeff Wilson's still 36% rostered. Is he a must-add right now? And, and I'm sorry, I should clarify. Eli Mitchell may play in this game, but uh, this week, it's not a huge injury. But, you know, is Jeff Wilson a must-add, guys? Heath, I'll start with you. He's a he's a want to add. Yeah, I didn't put a claim in for him everywhere. There were teams where my bench had players on it that I didn't want to drop for Jeff Wilson, but he was he was amongst the top five running back priorities and amongst the top 10 overall priorities that I had. I still, and I know I'm the most skeptical on this, I still think the things that I've read that the team has said and that the beat writers have said sure sounds like it. They, they think they're going to put a pin in his finger, he's going to come to practice today, and he's going to play this week. Eli Mitchell, yeah. Yeah. All right, so so let's take a look at the running back landscape now, resetting the waiver wire. A lot of leagues do run their waivers on Wednesday night. You've got the Eli Mitchell finger injury, but could certainly play. You've got Damian Harris, who is still in the concussion protocol, but was listed as limited in practice on Tuesday, Thursday game at Atlanta. You got Cordaro Patterson, who was listed as limited, but it's very vague. They didn't actually practice. You got Baltimore waving Le'Veon Bell. And you got the Deontay Foreman. Nothing's changed in that situation. But if you look at the 49ers, Patriots, Falcons, Ravens, and Texans, and Tennessee Titans, pardon me, who are facing the Texans. Dave, would you re-rank the waiver wire running backs now? Give me those teams one more time. Yeah, all right. So we're talking about Deontay Foreman, Ramondre Stevenson, who's now up to, I think, 76% rostered. It was 51 years. Right, and we know that Harris is practicing again. Yeah, but still in the protocol. Mm -hmm. Stevenson... Uh, Wilson, Gallman, Foreman, Latavius Murray. All these men. Yeah. Uh, I think it I think it really depends on how much you want to take a chance on a guy that's going to get you 15 touches this week. If Harris isn't going to play, Stevenson would clearly be the number one guy. If Mitchell wasn't going to play, then with Wilson would be behind Stevenson unless Harris plays. Those would be the top two on my list, no matter what. Okay. I think with it sounds like both Harris and Mitchell will play. And if that's the case, I'd rather have Stevenson. So I guess I would settle on Stevenson one, Wilson two, Foreman, who's left? Foreman, Gallman, and Latavius. Uh-huh. Sounds like Latavius is coming back. I would probably, I, there's a big gap between those first two. Latavius would be three, Foreman four, Gallman five. Okay. So I, I found another league where the Kyler Murray manager is three and seven. <laughs> Only has one running back this week, doesn't have a tight end, and is currently starting Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. So I have offered Kirk Cousins, Kenyon Drake, and Dan Arnold, three starters, for yeah, Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I love you calling Kenyon and Drake Chase a Edmonds? starter. You that want is, Chase Edmonds with Kyler for it's that a full trio? Team league. He's a starting running back. Oh, Kenyon Drake? Oh. oh. All right, yeah, look, this is what you should do. Be aggressive. I like it. This is the podcast league. It is the podcast league. You don't need any more help. I don't think anybody's saying yes to that trade, Heath. Well, I mean, if if you don't, you got to make that trade or another trade or your season's over. 
It's possible. This yeah. is How like, many watches do they this have? This is like the office where Dr- Dwight's trying to sell his car. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. Make a decision. All right, guys. I got to do some more notes here. Uh, Chargers defensive lineman Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery are on the reserve COVID list. Bosa reportedly not vaccinated, so let's say he's probably not going. They're both probably not going to play. And they're two yep. important pass rushers. So I think that takes the, the shine off of the... Does it take the shine off of the uh, the Chargers DST? Because, you know, the Lions DST yeah. was so good against Mason Rudolph. They were okay, but you're, their most talented defender is not going to play. And Tillery is a good component of that defense. It it absolutely makes it easier on the Steelers. I know, I know, but if you're if you need a DST, I don't know that anyone's bad against Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, I know. All right, what else we got? Pittsburgh, by the way, planning for Mason Rudolph to start. They're game planning for Rudolph to start, but they're leaving the light on for Ben Roethlisberger. Tampa Bay cornerback Richard Sherman's going to miss a few weeks with a calf injury, and Green Bay worked out Carry On Johnson. Okay, we're going to get to the trustometer in just a second. There were two other schedules that I hate that I wanted to talk about. We already talked about Pittman and Hawkinson. I want to get your thoughts on them. Michael Carter. So he has, so it really depends on how you view Miami because they have been better lately. They started off as a terrible run defense. Someone on Twitter pointed out that they had, they had a linebacker that had, was out and now has come back and has improved their run defense. And I don't know which team is this? The Dolphins of Miami, okay. right down the road from you. But not the Dolphins of Topeka. Right, exactly. So Michael Carter has the Dolphins, Texans, and Eagles in his next three games, which at least two of them are great matchups. But then beginning in week 14, he has the Saints, and then the Dolphins again in week 15. And then Jacksonville has a really good run defense. And then Tampa Bay in week 17 in the fantasy championship. So that's Carter. And then we can get into DJ more. Heath, what do you make of Carter's schedule? Is it scare you? I mean, I the only thing that scares me is that the there's a quarterback change and they don't throw to him any much as much because then this schedule would matter. As his role is currently defined, I'm not really sure how much it will matter because I think he's going to catch five passes and he's going to keep playing in garbage time. And so the way I'm more worried about a role change than I am a schedule problem. For Michael Carter, he was just good against the Bills. Yeah, he was. Well, he was good because he scored, but that's fine. You know, he's getting 15 carries. Then you know he's still going to be worth using. But I think you should probably. I think we should probably assume that Zach Wilson's going to be back there sooner rather than later, right? Yes, could be this week. It it, it could and, be, and we don't know if Zach will. Is going to be just banged over the head with throw it to your running backs, throw it to your running backs. Mm-hmm. And it, it certainly was not his tendency when he was playing before. So you can't guarantee that it's going to suddenly change. In fact, you should probably assume that it's not going to change. All right. How about DJ Moore? He's got Washington, which is great. And then again, I mean, it does kind of matter. It's actually, let's just focus on his playoff schedule because that's what it is for DJ Moore. It's at Buffalo in week 15. Tampa Bay in week 16 at New Orleans in week 17. Now, Buffalo, we know, very tough. Tampa Bay, questionable. They're on a great run. Five or six weeks of being great against wide receivers. They have faced mostly very bad pass offenses and not great wide receivers. And then New Orleans. New Orleans gives up a lot of points to wide receivers, but you know you have the Lattimore factor where they could take away one guy. So 
does this DJ Moore playoff schedule, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, does it scare you off if you were thinking about buying low on DJ Moore? I mean, what scares me off about buying low on DJ Moore is just BJ, BJ, DJ Moore's track record in the red zone, how he's just played overall. The quarterback change is another issue that it, it, it's not a guarantee that it's going to get better. Uh, it might say the same from when he was with Sam Darnold over the last few weeks. I'm, I, this is somebody I might hit the eject button on just in general and just try and trade him for whatever I can get. Okay, that's an interesting take uh, because you know you could say if I can well, find somebody who thinks they're buying low on DJ Moore, they might actually pay up a little bit more than someone who, you know, wakes up in the morning and doesn't even think about trying to acquire DJ Moore. DJ Moore or Michael Pittman. Pittman. Yeah, I'm going to take Pittman, but I, you know, DJ Moore's really good at football, and yes, and that is true. Yeah, right. I think I'd still go more over Pittman. Yeah, that, but that's so. I would be pretty actually interested in acquiring DJ Moore if not for that playoff schedule because it does scare me, especially the Buffalo game. You know, I mean, that could be week one. You got a guy who's getting 30 yards at week one of your playoffs. It's week 15. Um, it scares me. And then if, if he sees Lattimore, I don't think he'll beat Lattimore, but I don't know that he'd get shadowed by him. I don't, I don't know. know if he know, that's, he's not the type of receiver that Lattimore usually right. shuts down. Yeah, that's right. Right. It's true. Okay. With that said, it's time for the Trustometer. Zero to 10. We've got a lot of names here, guys. And we also have to take a look at this Thursday night game. There, This is an interesting game. Uh, obviously, we need it to is? know. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. I, I make, because Pitts is really interesting going up against this defense. You could make the case that some wide receiver for the Falcons has got to put up some type of numbers. I mean, right? It's like, who what else is Kyle Pitts? I get who else is he going to throw to though, you know, and then you've got the Patriots, both of these teams with the Patriots in particular, so bad against pass catching running backs. So that makes Mike Davis pretty interesting. Um, you know, Mac Jones. Anyway, sorry, get to that. Trustometer, zero to 10. How much do you trust these guys going forward? Matthew Stafford. Seven. So I think he's probably like a, a set. Yeah, seven seems fine. I was thinking six. Maybe I'd go six and a half on the trustometer. Okay. Russell Wilson. The same seven. Um, no, not for me. I, I was disturbed by his inaccuracy uh, in his first game back, and I'm concerned that maybe – his uh, miracle healing of his finger is just that he came back a little earlier than he should have. <laughs> and so uh, I, this week in particular, I'm more like a four. As soon as I see him look like Russell Wilson again, I'll be with Dave as a seven. Well, when you see Russell Wilson look like Russell Wilson again, wouldn't you be at like an eight or a nine? or a 10? No, because I think there's concerns outside of Russell Wilson. The fact that he's throwing 26 passes a game gives him a very small margin for error. Like he's throwing less than he has even in the past years when we've said let Russ cook. They went the opposite direction. That's not because they're so run heavy though. It's because they're last in time of possession. In my opinion. Does that make me feel better? I don't know. It's because if you it, no. it well, <laughs> you could say offensive philosophy is one thing. If you think the time of possession thing is fluky, then you could see more passes. And, and it's not as if they're not run heavy. 
Are they run right. heavy? I mean, I don't really feel like they I think are. relative to league average, they are still more run heavy than not. What do they have, like 55% pass rate? I can look it I up right know. this second. And right, considering Dave, their second. record, I think that's pretty... Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll On the year... 51.9. 51.9 is what you see? Is what I see. That's not situation neutral. That's just pass rate. That's just everything. If you're throwing 52% of your plays and you're winning one out of three games, that is extremely run heavy in my opinion. I see mm. something completely different. I see that they're 61.6 pass. Why, well, can't we just look at their stats page and do some math here? And the thing is, they don't run that many plays. So that's why, I guess that's why, even if they were run heavy, they wouldn't feel run heavy because they, they don't run plays. They, they are running the 50, 55.7 <laughs> plays per game. Is that what you have, Dave? Uh, I don't know if I even have plays per game. This and is, they're throwing 28.9 passes per game. That's how yeah, I do, do have plays per game. All right, plays per game. This is boring. No one wants to so this. boring. 55.7 is what I have. So boring. All right. Are you including sacks in your math? No, no. You need to. Those are no. I don't think so. I, 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 I have pass, run, sack because some teams get sacked more than others, and sacks are not good for fantasy. I agree. But so if you backs. add, if you add pass and sack, what do you get? Then you would have the drop back rate, <laughs> which is probably around sixty. You get sass. All right. Let's go to our next player here. Uh, we have done real, uh, Stafford and Wilson. How about Jalen Hurts? Trustometer. Five, seven. Dave trusts. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Dave. Wow, very trusting, trusting today. Guy. Dave, let me borrow your credit card. I just need to check something. Zero. <laughs> just want to see if it has the same amount of numbers as mine. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is pretty interesting. How many pass attempts does he need per game to uh, be good? 23? Oh, how many rush attempts does he need per game to be good? Well, he's always going to get you the rushing totals. Right, so that's part of the floor for him. Can't count on him to make those deep throws to Devontae Smith every week, but I think he's starting to come back along as a passer. Will he stay that way all year long? Look, I, I don't know if I can trust him to do that, but the rushing will be there. I think this offense is starting to find itself a little bit more. In the first half last week, they were balanced pass and run 50% each way, just like I said they'd be. And there will probably be games down the line where they'll have to throw a little bit but more. Th they were in the first half, but for the game, it was like, what, 40 60, right? They threw three passes. It was in even the second worse half. than that before the game. But once you got in the, oh, I'm, wait, I'm just saying, like, he's entering the game passes. or that wasn't what we were hoping for last week. He just happened to have no. a 10% touchdown. No, in the rate. second half, they didn't need to. Three passes in the second half. But, their, yeah, I was expecting it to be a more competitive game. Their remaining schedule, if you just look at the quarterbacks in fantasy, Trevor Simeon, Daniel Jones, whoever the Jets run out there, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke. I don't know if they throw 25 passes a game the rest of the way. Now they, are, they are the Eagles, though. Let's not act like they're some really good team now. Uh, maybe no, this but newfound... they are a team that desires to be run heavy, and they're facing zero offenses that are good. Yeah. Zero. It's, it's true. All right, let's go to Aaron Rodgers. Zero to 10 on Aaron Rodgers. Eight. Five. Same as, probably the same as Jalen Hurts. Why so low? I think we're using different trustometers. 
Yeah, it seems like we're not calibrated. Mine is basic. Like to be an eight, I would have to think you're a top six quarterback. Oh, wow! But that's what a ten should be. Um. Yeah. Seriously. So what is like if what you're a mustard you fancy quarterback? What, what number do you twelve be? A seven? Seven, eight. Yeah, seven, seven. Nah, you you could put some sixes in there. In fact, full disclosure, I thought about changing my number on Hertz to six as soon as I said seven. I I put Rogers at five because I view him just about QB twelve, and I think he'll probably be good about half the weeks and bad half the weeks. I have more faith in him. My biggest concern about Rodgers is he's got three home games in December. Maybe one's in late. No, they're all in December. And, you know, that could that could mess things up, although he scored like 40. He scored 32 points last year in that Tennessee game, which was that crazy snow game. But we've yeah. seen bad weather can throw people off. But I just think Rodgers, I think he is what he was from weeks two to seven when he was eighth per game in four point, but fifth per game in six point. And I think Rodgers would have to have a different number depending on the format. Uh, you know, but he was he was basically in that stretch almost what he was in 2020. Not quite as good because, you know, he's never going to do that again. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think he's awesome. I don't care about the game he didn't play with Devontae Adams. I don't care about week one. <laughs> and you don't but, care about last no, week. No, I do care about last week. I do. I do. But it was just a bad game, you know? And he threw for a lot of yards in that game. He just didn't throw any touchdowns. I, I think if you look at him this year compared to him last year, it's not that much different, except the touchdown rate is back to what's normal. But it, but I, in, I don't think in his weeks, yards are that much different than where he was last year. It's in, just he had a 9% touchdown rate last year. Now it's 6%. He's lost a third of his touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers last year, without a third of his touchdowns, is a borderline number one quarterback. But in in Has weeks he two through into seven, nineteen, Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 not at no, all. God He's no. right in the middle. But in weeks two through seven, he was on pace for four thousand two hundred yards and forty touchdowns, and that's not nearly as good as last year. But it's still really good, and he's done that before many times. You know, he's been in the thirty-nine, forty touchdown range. That's per sixteen games, and I don't know. He was on fire in that stretch. So I think this week will be pretty important to see what we, you know what we can expect down the stretch but I'm not looking to upgrade if I have Rodgers. I mean, you could always look to upgrade. I don't, I don't need to. I would love 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 and I only have this in one league and I'm going to go try to do it right now to turn Aaron Rodgers into Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh let's go to the running backs here and we're going to have to go turbo now. Uh Miles Sanders 0 to 10. Five. Five once he's off the IR. Yeah. Daryl Henderson. Six. Six or seven. Josh Jacobs. Five. Six. Okay. Michael Carter. Six. Five. All right. So all of these guys are in the... Well, where did you put Henderson? Six. Six or seven. They're they're all in the low end number two running back discussion. Even Henderson? Henderson? I mean Henderson we were talking about is much better than that. Well, he he was much better than that when we were talking about him as much better than that. I know, but that's the thing about this. It's like, were we just gonna react to what they've done lately? Because yeah, what are the circumstances for Henderson? Last game they had the ball for twenty minutes, twenty one minutes, it got blown out. They gotten blown out two games in a row. If you have faith in the Rams, then you should have more faith in Daryl Henderson. I, I have him as a top twenty running back. 
part of trust is trusting somebody to to be there every week too. All right. Um, okay. I just figured that Henderson would be ahead of, you know, noticeably ahead of Sanders, Jacobs, and Carter, but he's slightly ahead. He was the highest number that we gave. Slightly ahead. All right. Wide receivers. Tyler Lockett. Seven. Yeah, I think this is a different question for rest of season versus on a week to week basis. <laughs> like I've got, I'm like a four on a week to week basis, but around what Dave said, a seven for the rest of the year. I think okay. he'll be a top 20 wide receiver rest of the year. All right. That's Tyler Lockett. DJ Moore. Five. Five. Devontae Smith. Six. Five. Adam Thielen. Man, I want to say eight to Adam Thielen, but he doesn't deserve it. So let's go six. Six. Mike Evans. Ten. Ten. Kind of doing the same guy, two, two, two guys in a row. Uh six for sure. On Mike Evans. <laughs> oh, and I like I I know Devontae Adams. What is Devontae Adams? Ten. Okay. All right. So at least you can Mike say Evans 10. and Adam Thielen over the last since the start of last year have been the same guy. Thielen's actually been a little bit better in PPR fantasy points per game. They are hugely touchdown dependent and they just continue mm-hmm. to score touchdowns at a rate higher than any player ever has. And I just can't say that they are going to definitely do that over the rest of the season because nobody's done it before. Yes, they've When's done it for a year and a half now. But Evans has four or fewer targets in three of his last four games. And at some point has Antonio Brown and Gronk coming back. There's, I'm really worried that we're going to get to week 15 and he's going to have two catches for 11 yards. And that'll be the game. He doesn't score a touchdown and go home. Mm -hmm. You're done. And you know who week 15 is? I don't. New Orleans. So I'm even more worried. And you know who week 14 is? Buffalo. So Yes, Adam Thielen and Mike Evans get the same number for me. Okay. Um, I got Mike Evans on a couple of teams. I haven't debated sitting him yet this year. Yeah, because you play in a bunch of three-receiver PPR leagues with a flex. <laughs> no, I, I agree, but you know that the, there there could be some games when, when Brown comes back where Evans is just uh, very quiet and doesn't score. Uh, Jalen Waddle. He's like a three in non-PPR and a five in PPR. Yeah, I think he's right for me in that DJ Moore, Devontae Smith range in PPR. Okay, how about tight ends here? Kyle Pitts. This week, he's like a six. Overall, I'd say he's a seven. I'm going to give him a nine. Yeah, you just... How do you get away Dave from... Dave is not happy with this number. It's the I highest just, number I've given yet. Know. I just... Yeah, well, I know he's a tight end, you know? I, exactly. If he played wide receiver, the number would be different, which tells you that maybe starting three wide receivers versus one tight end is not as bad as Adam thinks it is. 10 on that. Comment. What? Uh, that, come on. Dallas Goddard. If Kyle Pitts would have a lower number as a wide receiver than a tight end, then starting three wide receivers is not diluting the position too much. I don't agree with that. Because you can still in my in the format that I that that I want, you can still start three. You can start four wide receivers. I would just like the option to start a running back 
or a tight end, if I so choose, over that third must that third you know roster. You spot know what's funny? I flexed Dan Arnold in three different leagues this week, where we start three wide receivers and flex. So, <laughs> yeah, you could. We have that option now. I I don't I, I like your solution, Adam. I do. I was I thought you were going to go in a different direction with where you were going, and when you said two flexes, I thought that was cool. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm Come giving on. you a ten. Uh, Dallas Goddard, yeah. zero to ten trustometer. Once he's healthy, somewhere between six and seven. Four. I love his schedule. Giants, Jets, bye, unfortunately. Washington, Giants, Washington. No bad matchups there. What, where would you guys guess on a per game basis Dallas Goddard ranks at tight end? Fourteen. <sighs> Probably somewhere around tenth or twelfth. I think it's 18th or 19th. Um, and his fantasy points per game has, and if let's not count last week because he got hurt and left the game early. Yeah. His fantasy points per game without Zach Ertz has been the same as with Zach Ertz, 10.1. That I've noticed. That's a little frustrating. And that's come in line with the Eagles finding their run game. Yeah. But his target He's share is encouraging, that. you know? Yes, oh yeah! Is. If they ever threw more passes, that would be great. They'll throw more than fifteen. If they, it, I know I keep making this reference, but it just it feels like the Ravens of last year. It feels like Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews or Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, and they're going to throw twenty to twenty-five times a game. I I agree with that, except for two problems. I don't think Jalen Hurts is as good as Lamar Jackson, and I don't think Dallas Goddard is as good as Mark Andrews. Yeah, I will. Uh, this, finally, Heath, we are on the same page. <laughs> All right, okay. New England at Atlanta. Let's nah, get. Nah, 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 nah. New England allows the second fewest points per game in the NFL, behind only Buffalo, and I'm pretty sure the Falcons allowed the second most points per game in the NFL. So there's that. Stat of the game number one, Mac Jones has thrown 20 passes inside the 10-yard line. 11 of them have gone to tight ends. And is Johnny Smith going to play in this game, by the way? Do we know? Don't know. And honestly, for fantasy purposes, I do not care. Well, would you guys start Hunter Henry or Kyle Pitts? I'd start Pitts, but Pitts. I don't really feel great about either one getting more than eight or nine PPR points. Would you start Mac Jones or Matt Ryan? I think I started the week with Mac ahead of Ryan. I might have switched that. I don't really want to start either one. No, they're two QB only. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neither one in my top 18, I don't think. I don't know. I have Ryan two spots ahead of Mac Jones. Yeah, Same. So, yeah, I think people might be a little higher on Mac Jones against a team that gives up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. How come you guys are resisting that? Because I think they're going to be able to run quite a bit on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, well, yeah, and like, how many good fantasy games has Mac Jones had this year? Two games is more than twenty-one fantasy points. I think three or four with twenty-one or more, or twenty or more. So I think, uh, let's see, fantasy points. Eh, whatever. You heard what I said. Two games is more than twenty-one fantasy points. It is, it, uh, yeah, look, they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball a lot and probably successfully. The The Falcons, actually, they're kind of like the Jaguars, that they're not that bad per carry. Right. Unlike the Jaguars, they're giving up a ton of touchdowns, a ton of fantasy points, and they mm-hmm. see 
and they see the the fourth most they see the fourth most rushing touchdowns per game, and a lot of attempts. I don't know, and but also the eighth most receiving yards per game. The running back. So, all right, listen. Let me just get to the running backs later. Let's finish this off here. Any wide receivers that you have confidence in in this game? Kyle Pitts. No. Um, Jacoby Myers is my favorite wide receiver in the game, and he's not in my top thirty. So, not a great deal of confidence. Correct. Would you take a flyer on Russell Gage or Zacchaeus or any anyone like that, given the fact that we're expecting Patterson to miss the game? I would rather start Marcus Johnson. <laughs> Same. Okay. I don't. All right, but somebody's like, who's Matt Ryan going to throw to? He's going to throw to Pitts, and New England's gonna probably going to do a good job. Cordy and J.C. Jackson. <laughs> I think he will throw to J.C. Jackson at least once. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's probably going to throw to Mike Davis at least six times. Um. Kyle Pitts will get six. So they've got 14 of his targets there. Where are the other 20? Uh, I'm not sure Running if Falcons will have the ball that much. Running backs. And all right, then Kyle Pitts. I think Jamie does have Pitts pretty low, and you guys have him more like sixth. Which tight mm-hmm. ends are you starting over Pitts? All the studs, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I'm going to have to make a decision on. Hawkinson and Gesicki versus Kyle Pitts. Yeah, it's just Kelsey Kittle, Andrews Waller for me, and I had to move Andrews and Waller ahead because projections-wise, it was just Kelsey Kittle. How are you going to start Fryermuth over him if Mason Rudolph's starting, and you won't even know that by Thursday? Because, well, then it can only go up from there if it's going to be Mason Rudolph starting. He still got a lot of targets from Rudolph last week. The biggest mistake that Fryermuth made, Rudolph had nothing to do with. It's just a matter of him just getting some more opportunities near the goal line, which we've seen before. And that's an easy fix for the Steelers. But, well, but I mean, it, the, I don't think it's an easy fix because it requires them getting near the goal line with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, but they're playing the Chargers without the Chargers' best just defensive play the player Lions and another defensive line. In overtime, they, they scored, did, what, 10 points or something? What was did the score they, that did game? they get into the red zone once or twice against the Lions? The Steelers? Yeah. At least once. I don't know. I don't have that number in my head. Uh, well, I, that's my problem with Fryermuth. He's, he's not. He's probably going to be forty yards and four or five catches, which is okay. But I don't like his touchdown chances very good with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Sorry. And we like Kyle Pitts' touchdown chances against the Patriots. Well, Kyle Pitts, if he catches three passes, has probably got fifty yards. Yeah. Sure. Okay, uh, by, they scored 16 points, uh, not 10, the Steelers last week. Yeah, so so New England gives up the second-fewest points to tight ends. Who have they played? They held Gasicki catchless in week one. Dalton Schultz had five for 79. And they haven't really faced good ones. They've given up... This stat uh, is meaningless when it comes to Kyle Pitts. Okay. Completely right. meaningless. Fine. He's not a tight end. Uh, you keep saying that, but he lines up... He's, he's not He's not like an ex-receiver. 30% of the time receiver. he lines up as a tight end, he's... Pass blocked ten. That doesn't times care. It doesn't matter if he pass blocks. I'm talking about who's going to cover him, and it's They're not like he's cover him like he's a wide receiver. All right, just like everybody else does. The I would guess JC Jackson's yes. a wide receiver. I don't. Yeah. I, I, okay. Fine. Fine. But they probably covered Mike Kosicki that way too. Be my guess. That's. I mean, that's what, yeah, probably a good call. You get a sneak preview of what that'll be like. Well, that was how many catches does Kosicki have in week one again? Zero, Zero. on three targets. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. How about the running backs? Start firing me. Heath, break down the Patriots running backs. Oh, yeah. Yep, got it. Um, <laughs> it. Well, 
if there's no Damian Harris, then Ramondre Stevenson is a top 12 running back. If Damian Harris plays, then you can have zero confidence in anything for any of the running backs. We don't even know for sure that Brandon Bolden will be the pass-catching guy because it might be Harris early downs, Stevenson passing downs, no Bolden. It might be Stevenson early downs, Bolden passing downs, no Harris. It might be Harris rushing downs, Bolden passing downs, no Stevenson. (laughs) So if Harris plays... You're just looking at these guys as flexes who do have really big upside in this matchup. Harrison Stevenson, not there's not a lot of upside for Bolden. Um, but I would not have a Patriots running back. Honestly, in full PPR, if Harris is active, I'm probably starting Mike Davis over any of the Patriots running backs. That makes me kind of sick. It's gross. I don't, I don't like it. Do you agree, then Dave? You don't say it. <laughs> you should put Damian Harris ahead of Mike Davis at the very least. Which is what I would do. If Harris plays, I think he's going to be a number two fantasy running back. Week five, week six, not only did they both play, they both played roughly 30. One game, it was 35% of the snaps. The other game, Harris played half the snaps. And Harris scored in each. Harris has scored in five straight games. I don't see how you can get away from him. Short week matchup. He didn't play last week. He's going to have fresh legs. I think there's a chance if Harris plays, he gets to 100 yards and a touchdown. Ramondre is the one that I would be nervous about. He would be no better than a middling flex if Harris plays. And Mike Davis is going to be your favorite Falcons running back? Yes, but it's like asking me what my favorite vegetable is. I don't there's know. Pr- there's there's a really good opportunity for receiving totals here. Really good opportunity. Yeah, I think in full PPR, there's a pretty big gap for me between Davis and Goldman. I don't really... W- in non-PPR, it's really close, and they're both gross. Do you think that they're going to use Mike Davis like they've used Cordero Patterson? No. Not entirely, but kind of. Well, they're not going to use him as a wide receiver. I think they're going to use Mike Davis like they've used Mike Davis, and they're going to find somebody else to fill in Patterson's role. Probably not a running back. I, well, no. I, I want to clarify. Cordero Patterson has received some targets out of the backfields as well. Like he's not only been thrown to as a wide receiver. So I think the targets out of the backfield that Patterson has received Davis will get. And that's one area where the Patriots defense has struggled is guarding running backs, catching passes out of the backfield. I don't think they're going to line Mike Davis up as a wide receiver. Like they did Patterson. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Not that much. No. Yeah. So in their last seven games, the Patriots have allowed 46 or more receiving yards to eight running backs. That's mind blowing. That's more running backs than games. It is. And 46, that's a lot of yards. So they are really bad at that. And it's probably, you know, it could be by design. Just they're good at pretty much everything else defensively. So, all right. Would you guys, would you start a running back in this game over Saquon Barkley at the Bucks? No. Oh. Well, <laughs> not so fast. Steven, Stevenson, <laughs> if, if, if uh, Harris is out, then you'd start Stevenson, I assume, right? For sure. Over Barkley. Okay. It, like if let's say hypothetically tomorrow the report is the same as I think it was last week he's working out on the side Saquon Barkley making progress it gets tough to start to sit anybody over him on Thursday night. Okay. All right, I think we've covered this and Hunter Henry 
Do you want to try and get seven fantasy points from your tight end? Start Hunter Henry, but he also might give you four. Um, Low ceiling tight end starter. Yeah, I'd much rather start Arnold, much rather start Conklin. I would prefer Ertz actually this week, but Henry's right there after that group. I'd start Henry over Evan Ingram, who I think was my second favorite streamer. Dave, I think that pretty much... Oh, Patriots DSC, start them. Dave, I think we're done. No, 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 no. No. All right. So, I wanted to do Fantasy Cops. Let's fire through emails and Apple Podcasts, and we'll do Fantasy Cops at the very end. Chris, uh, non-PPR, grade the trade. Give up Hopkins and Melvin Gordon. Get back Nick Chubb. Chubb side wins. So okay, he's great. giving up Chubb? No, he's giving up Hopkins and Melvin Gordon for Chubb and non-PPR. Perfect trade to make if you're if you're one of those teams that's heading toward the playoffs. You're consolidating. B. You're uh, getting fewer lineup decisions in mm-hmm. the future. All right, B. Would great. be even better if you got Kareem Hunter, Dearness Johnson on your bench. Okay, great. B, from Jason, I have Barkley, Gibson, Montgomery, Michael Carter, Daryl Williams at running back. Uh, all right, that's not bad. Wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. I was offered Justin Jefferson for Carter and McLaurin. So you give up McLaurin, you get Justin Jefferson, you also give up Michael Carter, still leaving him with Barkley, Gibson, Montgomery, and Daryl Williams. Half PPR. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yes. <laughs> Jefferson side wins. All right. From Malcolm. Seven and three, getting ready for the playoffs. Need yeah. an RB2. Should I trade DK Metcalf for Daryl Henderson? That would leave me with Lamb, Chase, and Devontae Smith at wide receiver. It feels like the timing's off on making that deal. So I I would actually see if you can get something with Henderson back. I would try to get just a little bit better running back. Okay. Try to get Montgomery. uh, Kyle from a city north of Kansas City and south of Minneapolis. Des Moines. Sure. Oh, I sorry, swear Dave. to God, I was about to say Des Moines. <laughs> it's the only city in between those two. Oh, <laughs> I, I had no idea. At three and seven, uh, I I was three and seven trying to make the playoffs. I sent McCaffrey and Judy. I got Jamar Chase wow. and Michael Pittman. Grade the trade. <laughs> That's an F. And also, I want to apologize to the good people of <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> now I've been there. I've actually been to Des Moines too. All right, dynasty trade for Michael. I give Dalvin Cook a late second round pick and a third round pick. All both in 2022. I give up Dalvin Cook a late second and a third. I get Michael Pittman, Trevor Lawrence, one QB league, a first round in 22 and a first rounder in 23. So I think Pittman and a first for Dalvin Cook. Um, if you're going nowhere, I, I like the trade. That's not too far off at all. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a B, maybe a B plus. Apple Podcast questions from Cool $2. What value do I get with these players if I'm looking to trade for a true wide receiver too? Boston Scott, Bateman, Pollard, Fryermuth, Sony Michelle. They're all going to be cheap players. If you're trying to trade two of them for one wide receiver, two, 
Uh, maybe you could try and convince somebody to give you Hunter Renfro. Maybe Judy. If, go maybe. try to find a team that doesn't have a, a tight end, which there's probably two or three of them, and see if mm-hmm. they think that Fryer moves their answer rest of season, and then throw on whatever else they want and see if you can get like a maybe even a Tyler Lockett or a Devontae Smith type. <laughs> From Grant, 10-team PPR league, grade the trade, give Nick Chubb and Kelsey. Get oh. Najee, Harris, and Pitts. It's full PPR. Chubb and Kelsey for Harris and Pitts. C minus. I think the Chubb-Kelsey side wins pretty handily. From Josh in the Tar Heel State. Where's that, Dave? North Carolina. Good job. Grade the trade. 10-team half PPR. Give up Fryermuth and Higgins. Fryermuth and T. Higgins. Get Odell Beckham and Eli Mitchell. And he still has Kelsey, so he doesn't need Fryermuth. I like it. I like it, but I like Eli Mitchell quite a bit. He's the best player in that deal, right? Yeah. I think so. A minus. Okay, guys, you want to stay a little overtime and do fantasy cops? Oh, yeah. Only if you play the music. Oh, come on, Dave. I would never not play the music. Regulate! (laughs) Okay, first fantasy cops comes from Sleepless in Seattle. I am in a 14-team PPR Superflex League Tuesday night just before 8 p.m. I traded away Terry McLaurin, Terod Taylor, and Chris Carson, and I got Devontae Adams. I made this three-for-one trade specifically on Tuesday night as the waivers run Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. This way, I could go get De- Deontay Foreman, etc., to fill out my rosters. To fill out my roster, so he was, had two extra spots. Here's the twist: the league commissioner texts me at about 8:30 p.m., congratulating me on the fleece of a trade I pulled off. I thanked him and then I asked him when the trade would be processed. To which he replied tomorrow because I am in bed and can't do it from my phone. Apparently, you can't approve or process trades from the app on the other website that I will not say. Either way, I followed with, can you please process tonight so I can add guys for on waivers tomorrow morning? Then I got crickets. You will never guess who I am playing this week in a matchup. We both <laughs> need to win to keep our playoff hopes alive. Yep, that's right, the commish. He is a good friend and a great guy, but fellas, help me out here. Was I asking too much or should it have been put through? Probably not a whole lot I can do at this point. Why Why do league commissioners insist on approving a trade? Why not just let a trade go through? What, they, what, why have this extra piece of red tape? Yes. No, I don't agree with that, but... I, Dave's 100% right. Yeah, he's not. And he's 50% if right. A commissioner, hold on, hold on, hold on. If a commissioner makes the decision that he's got to be the one to approve and checkmark every single trade, then he needs to actually do it in a yeah. very timely manner. The commission's I, in the wrong uh, here. I, I think th- I agree with Dave at the start that the commission is in the wrong no, for wrong. having to approve trades. 100%. Very wrong. You're wrong. But... This is an unpaid volunteer position. And if you should not be required to get out of bed to approve someone else's trade. It's 8.30 p.m. What the hell? This guy might live in California and the other guy might live in New York. Mm, I don't get that sense. It, and I don't like 8 30 p.m. Oh, wait, who he, knows? He lives he in might Seattle. Have to wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> he lives in Seattle. His name is Sleepless in Seattle. 
Yes. So what if the commissioner lives on the East Coast? So it was 11.30 p.m. Get out of bed. Get the hell no. out of bed. You're, you're awake. No. You're awake. No. Get out of bed. No, that's so weak. Are you kidding I me? Agree. What's weak Especially is having it to where the commissioner needs to a, traits. That's, you've got to be Mr. Commissioner Enforcer, and you've got to make sure that every single trade is fair before you let it out in yes. the league. Yeah, well, you've got to make yourself available. Get out of bed. And if you don't like that, then get rid of that piece of red tape, you knucklehead. All right, next one. From Joe, oh, he needs to walk it back. He needs to allow. He he needs to make he can't. the switch. He needs no. to. No, it's too late he now. Absolutely, no. He absolutely should. Rerun waivers his, the whole league. Yes. No. The players nah. that this guy wanted, he should have been able to get the players he He's wanted. He probably saved you from using Deontay Freeman anyway. <laughs> and spending your fat. Man, it's possible. All right. But Sleepless got screwed. There we go. Joe, halfway between St. Louis and Kansas City. Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> that that would either be uh, Columbia or uh, maybe maybe Jeff City. I'm going to go Omaha. He says, buckle up. I'm in an eight-team, two running back, two wide receiver, super flex league with the worst commissioner I've ever played with. I've argued with him a couple of times about this league. It only takes three votes to veto a trade. Our championship is played in week 18, and we only start two wide receivers for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Adam's the commissioner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I played against my commissioner's roommate in week 10. Uh, Just before the game's... The funny thing is, like, I'm just going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, Joe, who wrote this email, is so wrong. I played against my commissioner's roommate in week 10. Just before the games kicked off on Sunday, I added Nick Folk. But in my rush to set all my leagues, I forgot to actually put him in my lineup. Once I noticed this, I contacted my commissioner and asked him to put him in for me. He told me to... He told me no. Uh, What what exactly did you tell him? I, I don't think I can read that. I ended up losing by three points. <laughs> Does, is the second word off? No. It, the second word is it. Okay. Degeneration uh, X is his commissioner. Yeah. Okay. I ended up losing by three points. I felt like I deserved to win the game because kickers don't matter anyway. Needless to say, I'm a little fed up with this league. I want to quit out of spite and principle, but I'm eight and two, and I have McCaffrey and Barkley. What do I do? Uh, dude, you're so. I'm sorry, Joe. Your commissioner might you be bad. Your lineup, you you're wrong here. Moron. You're wrong here. Yeah, yeah, the only the only gray area I see here is if he mes- messaged him between eleven fifty five and noon. Um, Central, Central. Well, they're yeah, they're in Missouri. Yeah. Um, if if he messaged him between the time where Folk had locked and the time when the game had started, yeah, then the commissioner should have done it, even if the commissioner didn't see it until an hour later. Yeah, I um because yeah, the text was the intention right. was expressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. Do you but... think it's at the commissioner's discretion to do that though? Like a commissioner could say, Okay, yeah, you're you're fine. But the commissioner could also say, sorry, rules are rules. Well, no, because he was playing the commissioner's roommate. And so if he has that discretion to do that for people that he likes and not do it for people he doesn't like. But we don't know if that's the case. That's, all, that's why you should take discretion out of it. It's what I'm. If saying. you ever if you are the commissioner, the game starts. I'm sorry. If you ever are the commissioner and you do something like this, you need to alert the entire league and set mm-hmm. a precedent. 
Yeah. Right. And so everybody needs to know that you did it and then you have to continue to do it every time. And that and all Heath is saying is there's a five minute window in between lineups locking and the game starting. If you notice a mistake in your lineup, what I would do is I would send a note to the entire league personally. I wouldn't just text the commissioner, but we're OK with the commissioner editing a lineup if it is announced, you know, in that five minute window that you want to make a change. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out for this long and doing some fantasy cops. Great show today. And uh, happy, uh, have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> Take us home, Adam. Here we yeah, go. I know. Double up. Um, all right, I'm just going to go uh, read the dictionary out loud now. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit AFC. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.